Hello and welcome. I'm Chelsea, certified mermaid, diver, and science communicator. And I'm Blake, scuba dive master, freediving instructor, and also a science communicator. We've created the Save the Mermaids podcast to connect ocean lovers from across the seven seas who have a desire to protect our waters and learn to live in sync with nature. Save the mermaids, save the seas. Let's dive in. And now for our happy environmental news of the week. Okay, so this one is actually happy ocean news, but it's going to be environmental real soon. So I think it's not very well known, actually, that marine shipping accounts for 90% of the world's trade and 3% of total emissions, which doesn't sound like a lot, but that is one of the largest emitters of greenhouse gases on the planet. Wow. Yeah. All coming from shipping containers on the ocean. So in April, the Biden administration pushed that the International Maritime Organization um, have to improve and neutralize their emissions by 2070, which means um, by 2050, they have to have a complete absence of greenhouse gases coming out of their vessels. I'm just... I'm sorry because in my mind I'm like oh my god 2050 is so far away and then I realize (laughs) I realize that like the year that I was born is further away than 2050 oh my god it's better not to think about (laughs) like I read something at some point where like we live closer to the t-rex than the t-rex lived to the stegosaurus or something <gasps> crazy like that it's like what the hell what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> i know okay so okay, okay sorry, keep going. Going. that's okay. amazing it is amazing it's a wonderful thing and what's even better is that these people were like i see your proposal and i i up your ante 10 years i love so that. these guys are like okay fine but we're gonna do it by 2040 mm. so Um, Big companies, including Amazon and Patagonia and Ikea, have gotten on board. And since then, we've seen substitutions in the form of um, ammonia, green hydrogen, and sustainable methanol being used to power these ships. And um, these guys are already projecting saving over 1 million tons of CO2 every year just with those changes. Wow. Yeah. That's huge. And I feel like, I mean, I already knew that Patagonia was very much into like sustainability, things like that. Totally. We talked about them on one of our episodes as like a good company. Amazon, like, do you know how much they do? And they're such a big, again, if one big company makes a change, like when we talked about the Starbucks with the straws, we're Mm -hmm. like, oh, that's not that big of a deal. And then we looked it up and we're like, oh shit, that's a big deal. (laughs) It's a big deal. And like Ikea. Yeah. Those two companies, I mean, I feel like they have to account for a big percent of that 3%. Right. You know? That's amazing. Yeah. So oh good my news. God. I love it so much. So we are here today with our returning guest, Katie Moffat of Moffat's Mermaids. Uh, we decided to, <laughs> it's what, a monsoon? No, it's a blizzard in Hawaii right now. Yeah, straight up blizzard warning where we are right now. <laughs> Keep in mind that it is, what, 69 degrees outside, but we're all freezing and none of us can get in the ocean. So we thought Katie should just come over and teach us all about nudies. So not the kind that you send to the sexy people on the interwebs, but personally, my favorite kind, the nudie bro. 
Thank you so much for having me back on. I'm super excited to be here. Uh, as Blake introduced me, my name is Katie Moffat. I'm the owner and CEO of Moffat's Mermaids, which is a freelancing scuba diving company here in Hawaii that I started just this year. And I teach all different kinds of scuba diving classes. I'll take people out, just show them the ocean and just show what they can be and learn and be wonderful mermaids and mermen out in the ocean. And you can find me at Moffitt's Mermaids at, on Instagram and Facebook and www.moffittsmermaids.com if you want to come say hi. I love how easy you are to find. <laughs> Some people are like, oh yeah, this is me on Instagram, but then I have a totally different name everywhere else. So thank you for that. I am super excited to have you back. I feel like you blew our minds last time. Um, and I think we're going to have you on a couple more times to blow our minds as well. <laughs> so super pumped. Also no big deal, huge deal. She is going to be the one that teaches me how to scuba dive. So, so excited. Yes, queen. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yes. Uh, I'm just so appreciative to be back here because y'all are two wonderful mermaids. And I just love every time talking to you guys that I just learn more. I learn more being around you and I love your message of spreading ocean conservation and all the things. <laughs> Stop it. We learn more from you. I feel like we know very little. Like, <laughs> shockingly a little. <laughs> I think that's why we started a podcast because we're like, I love the ocean and I know nothing. <laughs> but you don't know what you don't know, right? Mm, so gotta throw that all the good things, all it. the good things, <laughs> but nudibranchs. So as Blake mentioned, send nudes. That's my favorite saying with <laughs> nudibranchs. Uh, if you didn't know, uh, nudibranch are shellless mollusks and their gills and breathing apparatus are on their backs, which is super cool because usually fish and different other animals have it on the inside. And for layman's terms, they're just soft bodied uh, sea slugs without shells. And they're just so cute. And they're so, so tiny. Like they're literally, imagine your nail and they're that small. Like you can find some that are like as small as your pinky nail and then about as big if you made a fist. I've also seen them too. So they're just the coolest little animals that come across and they're bright colored and beautiful and so underrated. And I get so excited every time I see them in class and I point them out and my students are like, what are you looking at? I can't even see it. <laughs> I'm like that, that bright colored, beautiful animal right there because with scuba diving, it's just so cool too, because you get to take your time and you get to swim nice and slow and free diving. You can sometimes spot them, but as soon as you're like back on the surface, you can't ever find them again because it's just so quick. So when you get to see them in scuba diving, it's wonderful. <laughs> I feel like one of my biggest flaws as a free diver is that I look more jet like I look more big picture in the ocean my husband is really good at finding details I bet you anything he could he could find us one of those but I would never be I would be like what oh there was a bunch of them down there I had no idea <laughs> I think that one uh challenge that people come across if they haven't heard of nudie Bronx before is they just think sea slug and they do they look like a slug but adorable and I think of them as like a flamboyant sea slug like brightly colored there's all different kinds there's the Spanish dancer she's the sexy one who just swims in the water column there's the blue dragon who looks like a total badass and I'm pretty sure that he eats like Portuguese man of wars or something and then there's that little tiny I think they just call them a leafy sheep um, that's the one, do you know which one I'm talking about? That they actually can use chlorophyll 
in their bodies. So that's the animal that Annabelle talked about on the podcast with us beforehand that can photosynthesize as a little sea slug. With the corals that it was the other like animal plant, mm-hmm. the plantimals that mm-hmm. we were talking about. Oh my God. It's a plantimal. Oh, I'm so excited. We're going to learn about these. It's amazing. Because <laughs> I listened to that on the podcast too. So that's so funny that you bring it up. Oh. Ah, I just love them. They're so <laughs> wonderful. So, so wonderful. Um, speaking of eating too, nudibranchs are carnivorous. So they actually eat all different types of things like sponges, um, anemones. They'll eat other sea slugs too, which is crazy. <laughs> a little sad. Um, I, I can't pronounce some of some of these things, right? I know I'm a marine biologist, but I just, you know, I'm also Texan and I can't always pronounce <laughs> it correctly. And I've accepted that in life. <laughs> um, hy- hydroids, um, which are just small coral-like organisms. So also eat um, barnacles and fish eggs. So mm. I didn't know they were carnivorous before I really started like like deep diving into being like oh I want to learn more about these like tell me all the things you know (laughs) I'm already obsessed I'm not gonna lie so I always knew what a nudibranch was but when you say I didn't know they they were sea slugs and when you say sea slug I picture sea cucumber you know what I mean like that's a sea slug to me so it's super interesting that they are already these like tropical beauty wonders and they have these crazy abilities (laughs) so please just tell us all the things yeah (laughs) um so one cool using annabelle's term knowledge nugget uh they tend to get their colors from the food that they eat actually so kind of similar to like you know how flamingos they actually start off gray and then because of the shrimp that they eat they turn pink so sea slugs are the same way so neat right incredible it's (laughs) already blowing our minds i remember i had never even heard of a nudibranch until I watched that true science thing. Mm-hmm. And can you just tell us a little bit about their whole, they breathe through their butts? Cause yes. that blew my mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. So what Blake's referring to is on the back, they have those feathery different designs. So it could be different, like, um, it'll look like spots or it might look like different ridges and stuff. <laughs> We're filming on location. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm going to edit this out because like I said, we're literally, we're, we're recording this in a blizzard in my echoey house with the windows down and my dogs barking and eating their food. So I may or may not cut this out. <laughs> we usually record in my guest room, but oh, the power's out of my house. So we're just doing what we can here. Thanks for coming along. Yeah, I learned about the sea slugs. It was too important. It's authentic. Okay. <laughs> That's what we're going for here. <laughs> But yes, on uh, their backs is how they breathe. And so um, their antennae are at the front and that's how they are able to sense that like their surroundings and everything, which the name for that, once again, not 100% sure I'm pronouncing everything right. But Rhinephores is um, the official name for it as well, how they can sense it. And so they breathe um, from, yes, their butts or <laughs> the, what would be considered their heads as well. And that's just like so cool. And they also have brains, which is crazy. Did y'all know they had small brains? No, I, was, I was literally just going to ask you if they had brains. <laughs> they, so they can do small behaviors, um, obviously just being like smaller brain, right? But I found that out too. I'm like, once again, so underrated. They're so, uh, they're just so amazing and everything I learned about them I'm like yes I want to learn more and all my students are like Katie we get it like (laughs) new to Brank's okay (laughs) okay so I might ask a little bit more of a 
naughtier question. I also heard that they have three penises. Oh, you know, I don't know about that, actually. Keep telling us about them and I'm going to look it up. Yeah, you should. You should 100%. (laughs) I know they are hermaphrodites. Um, Looking in my fun notes. Um, That they can mate with other mature members of their species. That is the extent of what I know of their mating habits. But yes, as Blake is looking that up. (laughs) (laughs) So this is what comes up from National Geographic. So I'm not making this up. It says sea slug amputates its disposable penis, but has two spares. So um, they have two pouches that branch off from their vagina. So they have both a vagina and a, and, and three penises. So they just have all the spare parts in case, in case you lose one in the sea. Honestly, that's really creative, you know, like. <laughs> I just picture tiny floating penises. <laughs> like the best bachelorette party ever yeah. <laughs> you never know what you're gonna need it's great you know <laughs> so as I'm looking this up um I feel like we've just gone there we have gone into sea slug sex so when they have sex both partners they sidle up to each other always on the right side and they penetrate each other at the same time Um, From afar, it looks like a single white thread unites them. If you zoom in a little closer, you can make out two distinct parallel penises. So they fill out each other's vaginas with sperm, and it usually takes about 10 minutes. So they're both, they can both have little baby sea slugs. So they're both male and female all at the same time. So it's just like a whole long party down there. I love (laughs) it. everyone's a sea slug you're a sea slug you're a sea slug male female doesn't matter here we are it's all they them man it's all they them oh my gosh see guys every time I learn something it's so good (laughs) you're the one teaching us today (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh um and then more things about them their bright colors also come as a warning sign to predators which makes sense so typically the brighter animals are like okay, you don't want to come and eat me. Like, please leave me alone, basically. Um, and they can be toxic um, to different predators as well. So, yeah. I have a question. If I touch one, I mean, I know we're not supposed to touch anything in the ocean. Keeping that in mind. Mm-hmm. If I did touch one, would I be stung? Or is it more if you eat them from their predators? It's more if you eat them. So okay. they don't produce their own toxins, but they get it from the food that they eat. So they ingest it. And so if something else ingests it, then oh. that's how they could, oh, okay. they could okay. die. Yeah, yeah. So can I just tell you, I just need to say something that I did accidentally touch one once. <gasps> Blink! Okay, but there was a reason though. <laughs> Shame. I know, I'm so sorry. <laughs> we all just went to the microphone. <laughs> I love this became confession hour with Blake. Here we go. <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's the clouds and I'm just feeling like it's the world's coming to an end. But I did touch one, but it was to save its life because I was on a, I was, I was talking to Sea Tiger, the wreck out there. And there was this little, little baby. I think it was a Spanish dancer. It's what she looked like. Um, and she was like swimming along in the water column, doing her little beautiful dancey dance. I mean, their little beautiful dancey dance. And um, <laughs> as it was swimming, I mean, one of the divers kicked it like they she, they just didn't see them it was their fin and so I just scooped my hand around and I put I just held her in my hand and I swam over to the wreck and then I put her on a little piece of the wreck and she was fine but I did touch one 
I think we'll let that one pass. Okay, it's good. You. You know? <laughs> I just remember being like, oh shit, I heard that these were toxic and I just touched it. <laughs> and Spanish dancers, oh, those are one of my absolute favorites because personally, I that was the first one I ever saw. And they're really cool too, because they're also nocturnal. Mm-hmm. So like shipwrecks and like really dark spaces and stuff are really perfect for them. And they're about the size of your hand, um, like spread out and they're orange and like red and they're just gorgeous. <laughs> I'm sure you can attest in the water. They're just like literally their name, Spanish dancer. It looks like they're dancing when they're moving in mm-hmm. the water. And I actually saw it on Big Island when I used to work there and oh gosh I just remember just looking at it and just being in absolute awe of it and I was like wow like seeing something so colorful so just gorgeous in the water I it was love love at first sight I gotta say so I just googled Spanish dancer nudie bronc and whoever named this one hats off to you because that is exactly the perfect name for this thing it's just like the ruffles on a flamenco dancer's bright red dress yeah they're just absolutely stunning. Oh, I just love them so much, you guys. <laughs> They're so great. Um, and then a lot of different ones you'll see out here too are um, like the scrambled egg one is a really common one. What? Yeah. <laughs> scrambled egg nudie. Um, yes, if you're by a computer and you're not driving, uh, feel free to look these up. So it's black around the edges and it has like all these different white lines and yellow spots too. And it literally looks like scrambled eggs and oh, they're just so cute out here. And there's a couple other types like trembling and imperial that look really similar to, to them as well. And once again, guys, they're just like so wonderful to see when you do spot them and you can just like watch them. Sometimes they'll be moving. Sometimes they'll be in pairs too. Um, I feel like I've seen them most of the time in pairs, just hanging out with each other and they're just gorgeous. (laughs) Oh, they really are. Okay. So I don't know if you're going to bring this up later, but it's on my mind now. (laughs) Um, what is the, um status of these guys are they endangered are they near threatened and do they need our help conserving them at all as far as i was like looking up i don't think they're endangered but one really cool part i was going to mention later is that they bring attention to the reef that they're on and they're actually a good indicator if a reef is healthy just like you know when you see sharks on a reef you're like oh yeah stick they're healthy the sharks are doing their thing awesome like same thing with nudibranch they when they're on a reef you'll if you see quite a few of them because that means there's a variety of their prey and since they eat so much so many different things as they are like carnivores it shows that the reef is healthy and if you don't really see them a lot then that could actually mean the reef is declining so they're a really good indicator too wow Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and then i found in 2015 out in california um there was apparently an explosion of hopkins rose nudibranch which i had to look up to (laughs) figure out was and um along the california coast and signaling there was a serious shift in ocean climate and warmer water too which Mm -hmm. i was like whoa okay like once again nudibranch are so underrated and they're so wonderful of animals and the fact that they could be indicators of like how a reef is doing too. Like, honestly, every animal on a reef is just such an important part of it too. Like the sharks help, you know, take off dying animals. The nudibranch are showing like, okay, like there's plenty of prey here for me to eat. That means we're thriving out here. 
I think that's a really good point too. Like just paying attention to the stuff that should be there really should be a better indication to us as humans, how things are doing. Um, I think we discussed that in the um, urchin. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The sea urchin um, kelp episode with um, Tasia Mm -hmm. and how you can just kind of tell if you're really paying attention. And I guess if you know better, so that's why we're doing this. So thank you. (laughs) Um, If you see things or don't see things, that's a huge indicator of how we're doing. Oh, nudie branches are part of that. I'm like in love with these animals. <laughs> they, I had never heard of them again until I started diving in Hawaii. And they are one of my all-time favorites because you cannot put them into a box. Like, oh, it's kind of a sea slug, but it's also absolutely gorgeous. And it also has both body parts, male and female. It's masculine and it's feminine. And they're all so different. Some of them eat gigantic man of wars like i'm sorry what (laughs) you know you never know what's gonna come and they breathe out of their butts Mm -hmm. they're they're plants they're plants like you never know yeah exactly like that's what's so cool is every part of like new to break like facts and things you just you keep learning more i'm constantly learning more like literally the same thing with like three penises i didn't know that about them like (laughs) just in case yeah exactly just in case i like that mindset it's really good you know (laughs) and there's um over two thousand known species of them around the world too which is do you have a favorite uh spanish dancer Mm -hmm. obviously yeah Mm -hmm. it's just like It was the first one I saw. It's also the biggest one I've ever seen. Most of the ones I see are about maybe an inch or a half an inch big. So that's why they're like, they're so tiny. And most of the time, unless you're like looking for them or you just happen to see them and someone else is obsessed with diving with you like myself um, and we'll we'll point them out. Um, It's just so crazy that like, I feel like I'm always searching for new ones too. And the cool thing about being out here in Hawaii, I feel like I've seen a different one on like every island too. Like the Imperial I saw on Maui, on Big Island, I saw quite a few. It was like Spanish Dancer, uh, Trembling, Sphinx, Golden Lace. And then out here I saw a Blue Dragon, like tons of scrambled egg, you know, like everywhere you go in tropical warm waters, like it could be shallow water, but it could also be really deep too, because they are like, some are nocturnal and the blue dragon ones, oh, they're so gorgeous. They're like blue, purpley colored. They're very like long and lanky and they have like, it's almost like little puffs every like along their body that just go up and down and they're just, so gorgeous I know I keep saying that but they just they are just like so wonderful just cool to look at they (laughs) are I just googled it and I just had to like take a stop breathing for a second so I actually now that I'm looking at it I have a question this one the blue dragon and the Spanish dancer there are pictures of them swimming Mm -hmm. is that I mean, I guess we can't put them in a box. So do some of them crawl like little slugs and some of them can swim as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, with the Spanish dancer and yeah, blue dragon, um, it really depends too, because obviously with sea slugs, they're not going to like withstand strong currents, right? So sometimes a current might literally just swoop and take them up whatever coral reef they were on because they didn't have the capacity to hang on as tight as they could. Mm -hmm. So sometimes they might like, okay, well, they're going with the current. And so some might just float onto the next reef because that's the best they can do. And then other ones might be able to like glide, you know, I'm thinking like Miss Congeniality, like (laughs) I'm gliding here, you know, (laughs) just watched it again recently. No shame. Oh my gosh, but they're so cool. Um, and I learned their lifespan is actually, it could be as little as a month, which is 
so sad and other ones up to about a year and the fact that there are so many of them too I feel like it's awesome because they're not endangered which is great and you should be seeing them on there it just goes back to the healthy reef thing and just ah so I really hope if you go diving anywhere in like tropical water you look in the area to see like okay what different types of nudibranch might I see and like actually go and ask your dive guide if you're going on a boat or if you're shore diving or maybe the local dive shop like what are your favorite nudes here you know and freak them out a bit and they're just like what like (laughs) uh, explain you know and then you're like no nudibranch you know (laughs) I have a friend who has a little checklist so she printed off um pretty much every single nudie rock and has a little checkbox beside it. And when she dives, she checks one off. So that's always a great idea for all of you scuba divers out there is just make your own cute little nudie checklist. We might just make one and put it, should we? Okay, I'm going to make one. I just saw her face. I'm going to make one and put it on our website for you guys to download with this episode. Um, we're going to call it nudie bingo. Yeah. <laughs> it's the nudie bingo. Send me all the nudes. <laughs> Nude bingo. <laughs> you just convinced me to like be a more detailed free diver. Mm-hmm. Oh, I really want to yeah. see one now. Yeah. And even free diving too, like that one. Yeah. If you really want to challenge, like in, you're just going down and it really just helps your breath hold too because you want to stay down there as long as possible so you're like okay take a nice big breath and just like go over the reef nice and slow and just have to be super deep either it could just be like nice and shallow and you're just like trying to find a couple and then when you come up try and locate it again (laughs) that's the real challenge after you've come up you're like I saw one and then you try and show your friend because you should never dive alone and then you're like okay oh look there it is You can always tell when we have instructors out there because we always throw that in there. Oh, you should, you know, show your dive buddy because you will never (laughs) dive alone. (laughs) Never. (laughs) You will die in the diving hole if you ever do. (laughs) Okay, so now that we're talking about the magical animals of Nudie Bronx, I have to shout out to one company in particular. Um, It is on Etsy. They're called the Slug and Kraken. Um, she is also on Instagram under slug and Kraken, same name as these, but she makes these amazing resin jewelry pieces. And you can actually get a little like slug earring set, or they, she has these beautiful fake gauges that are tentacles. If you're feeling like mm, the mermaid vibes, I highly, highly recommend the slug and Kraken. Why don't I have these yet? I mean, all of these. <laughs> I know what I'm getting here for Christmas. <laughs> Every like, oh my gosh, I could just see every class. I have like a different pair. I'm like, oh guys, look for this one. I could use it teaching. Oh, then it counts as a business expense. I'm just saying. (laughs) Tax write off. Yes. (laughs) Love it. And another company that's really awesome here on the island of Oahu is called Nudie Wear, and they host different like beach cleanups, dive cleanups. Uh, Blake, I know, just participated in their most recent one. And I mean, obviously, they have a love for Nudibrink with all their gear. They sell different like towels, bags, everything saying like Nudie Wear. I know they have stickers that say like Nudie Dive Club, which I'm obsessed <laughs> with. And if anyone wants to get me one for Christmas, what a day, you know? <laughs> But they're a wonderful company to look up. And one thing I really love about them too is all of their products are sustainable. So they really check into making sure that it's recycled, whether that be from um, clothing or recycled water bottles, all that good thing. So if you get something from Nudie Wear, it's N-U-D-I underscore wear, W-E-A-R, you know that you'll be buying something very ethical.
Thanks so much for diving in with us today. Please make sure to follow us on Instagram at Save the Mermaids Podcast. Visit our website at www.mermaidconservation.com for all the podcast merch and our eco-friendly favorites. And don't forget to join our Facebook community, Save the Mermaids Podcast Community. This is where we will post our monthly meetups, share our favorite underwater adventures, and connect with like-minded ocean lovers all over the world. Until next time, mermaids! Thank you.